Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone, or as we like to call it in Nashville, happy four more days until we have some idea if Philip Forsberg will remain a Nashville Predator. On today's episode of Locked on Predators, we will have a quick update on Philip Forsberg Watch 2022, and we have a game tonight. The Philadelphia Flyers and Nashville Predators will face off in Philadelphia, and we will talk with Rachel Donner of Locked on Flyers about tonight's matchup and about Claude Giroux and his 1,000th game celebration happening this evening in Philly. Plus, it's the first day of March Madness. We will have our own little predators bracketology breakdown all that's coming up on locked on predators your locked on predators your daily podcast on the nashville predators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hi, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Predators, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am one of your co-hosts, Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is taking the day off. Today is actually Nick's birthday, another great reason to celebrate March 17th. So if you have a second, jump on over to Twitter and wish him a happy birthday. But I am going to be your host for today's show. We have a lot going on with this looming trade deadline and of course things unsettled with Philip Forsberg. Plus we have a game preview tonight. The Predators are taking on the Flyers and it's March Madness. So let's do a little bracketology ourselves. But first, got to talk about it. Philip Forsberg watch. So we are still waiting in Nashville forward from either camp about what is going on with Philip Forsberg. The latest conversations that we've heard is that uh, David Poyle just says they haven't reached the right number yet. They are still discussing um, and they are coming together to talk, but have not heard yet of any uh, deal reached, still waiting for that. And as soon as we get word of anything, of course, we will let you know. Matt Duchesne weighed in on this. He was asked about Philip Forsberg re-signing, and he said that he would be very surprised if Forsberg was not in Nashville. Uh, and I think that's kind of where all of us are starting to land with the Predators being in a position to make a playoff run. Uh, Robbie Stanley, one of the great sports guys here in Nashville, posed a question on Twitter, and I thought this was really interesting. He said, if the contract for Philip Forsberg is eight years at $9 million per year, are you doing that if you're David Poyle? So went through the replies, the majority of people actually said yes. And I will tell you that this is a testament to how Nashville Predators fans are feeling about the potential of this team, because I think anytime you would have said the beginning words, eight years, people would have panicked. David Poyle has assigned some people to some long-term contracts that people have felt like have not panned out right away. Um, but I think everybody is sort of regrouping. And I think the Nashville Predators fans are feeling like if this is going to happen for the team this year, if this team is going to make a cup run, there is maybe not any price that the Predators would pay. Uh, our on the forecheck social media folks posted in reply to Robbie Stanley's question, 
if it were $9 million for eight years and Philip Forsberg got to punch me and my family in the face once per week at a day or time of his choosing, I would say yes. And I think that's probably where most people in Nashville are there at. Um, this is a team that could make a run in the playoffs. You know, we're seeing them playing their A game recently and seeing them beat some teams that they're going to need to beat in a playoff run. Losing Philip Forsberg would mean losing some scoring. It would also potentially affect Matt Duchesne. And I think this is something that is really important to look at when we're talking about Philip Forsberg coming back and being a part of this team. I think part of Matt Duchesne's success is the chemistry and the consistency of the line that he's playing with. That includes uh, Philip Forsberg. Now they've switched Mikhail Granlin to the second line and bumped up Ryan Johansson. But I think that that has just continued to be a good line for Matt Duchesne. He's having one of his best years. And I think Taking away Philip Forsberg, you're going to affect not only Forsberg, you know, you're going to miss his scoring, but you're going to affect Matt Duchesne. And I'm not sure that's something that people want to see happen. Uh, the other question is, who in the world would you get? What would you be able to get in a trade that would make it worth losing Philip Forsberg? Look, there really isn't anybody on the trade board right now who could bring in something comparable that could patch together a comparable line without Philip Forsberg. There are definitely areas where Nashville needs to look, um, maybe filling some holes, some potential buyers, you know, some uh, spots where they could be buyers. But I'm not sure there's anything really out there that David Poyle could get that would make losing Philip Forsberg okay. Philip Forsberg is also in a great place for contract negotiations. You know, the Predators don't want to lose him, you know, if they're going to make a competitive run. And I think at this point, they have to be all in with this team. I think they're pleasantly surprised with what they're they have been able to do this season. And I think they believe that this is a team that really could compete further in the playoffs than we've seen the Predators be able to go in recent years. Philip Forsberg needs to be around for that. So he definitely has an upper hand. You know, when we started the season talking about Philip Forsberg and his contract, when this was really the competitive rebuild year, this was the youth retooling. This was not a year where the Predators were expected to do as well as they've done. The worst case scenario for Predators fans was really Forsberg leaving and getting no return because that's happened here in Nashville. And it's been frustrating to see some of the players leave at the end of a season and not get anything before the trade deadline for them. Now, I think with the way this team is performing, that's not the worst case scenario. I think the worst case scenario for Nashville is if Forsberg doesn't finish the season here in Nashville, if he is not on the team when they are making a run in the playoffs. That now has become the worst case scenario. Whether the Predators get a return or not, if they're serious about putting together a cup run, they're going to need Forsberg on this team. So, you know, Philip Forsberg's in a strong position right now. It seems like both parties want to get something done. We are keeping our ears and eyes out, waiting for word that something will happen. Hopefully we will get um, uh, him re-signed. 
don't think we're going to see Forsberg traded. But listen, if there is one thing we know about David Poyle, it's that he's going to David Poyle. So we're going to keep our eye on Philip Forsberg Watch 2022. We only have four more days of this chaos and uncertainty. So there will be an answer in the near future. And it will be really good when we don't have to worry about this. Um, some other interesting trade news, kind of some trades have started rolling in. They started last night. So I'm thinking we're going to start seeing some action here. Uh, maybe the Predators making moves for a few pieces here and there. But one little piece of trade news that I want to pass on, I think might be of interest. Callie Yarncrook, our boy boy who was picked up by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion uh, draft, was traded to the Calgary Flames for picks. And Seattle is retaining 50% of his salary. Even though this doesn't really affect the Nashville Predators, we do, of course, want to keep our eye on Cali. He's going to go play. I think this is an interesting story with his cousin. And I also think this is the Calgary Flames going all in. This is a team to keep your eye on. Like I said, so far, there haven't been a lot of rumblings or rumors going around about Nashville and what they may be looking to do, but we're going to be keeping our eye on that for you. On Monday, we're going to be doing a live episode right as the trade deadline winds down to talk about all of the trade action or in Nashville's case, maybe the inaction. So we're going to have more on that coming up later in this episode. Also coming up on this episode, it is game day. Let's not forget that Predators have a game tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, and it's not just any night in the Flyers arena. So we have Rachel Donner from Locked on Flyers joining me to talk about a big milestone tonight in Philadelphia and to talk about the game against the Predators this evening. But first, want to talk to you about our friends at Built Bar. You know, this is the time of year when, let's face it, the Girl Scout cookies have come out and we're all sort of giving up on those New Year's resolutions that we meant. But I will tell you, if you want to keep sticking to your resolution, you're going to want to stick with Built Bar. If eating right is important to you, this is something you need to look into. It feels like you're eating a treat, not a health food. They also have something called Built Bar Puffs. And if you haven't tried them, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting options. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, marshmallowy. It's not just your regular old average protein bar. It is a treat. And like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs come in incredible flavors. They have a cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow. They have a banana cream pie, which pie. So try these puffs. They're going to be your new favorite. And all built bars and puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in calorie, high in protein. You can replace all those candy bars and cookies with a built bar and feel good about it. They are all delicious. They've got new flavors coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, let them know. They may make it for you. Go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
Well, it is game day here for the Nashville Predators. We are taking on the Philadelphia Flyers in Philadelphia. And for a preview and an inside look at what's happening with the Flyers, I have Rachel Donner from Locked on Flyers, one of my great friends who helped cover the Olympics uh, over the course of a few weeks in February with me. So, Rachel, thank you for joining me again. I have missed seeing you. (laughs) My pleasure. I know it's always great to get to talk talk to you. I know. I love it. So it's a big night in Philadelphia, not just because the Predators fan, you know, the Predators are coming to town, but this is a huge evening for Flyers fans. And I know you have some feelings about this too. Claude Giroux is uh, (laughs) celebrating his 1000th NHL game. So talk to me a little bit about him and what he means to this team and organization. Uh, Yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, I apologize because my eyes are already puffy and red from crying about this a lot. But yeah, man, Claude Giroux is absolutely everything to this team. And it is so bittersweet because Mm. all we we want to celebrate him because, you know, he was drafted in 2006, started playing with the team in 2007. Uh, You know, there have been a number of players getting to the thousandth NHL game mark recently but Mm -hmm. none of them with one single team yes and you know that's a a huge deal to play a thousand games for one single team over the course of your career and to do it with such passion and his work ethic is absolutely unmatched I, I think around the league and he is just I mean I would say he's absolutely top five all-time Flyers player um, if not number two uh, Mm -hmm. right behind Bobby Clark just given the longevity of his career here but at the same time we have this trade deadline looming over us where we know that he's going and So to be able to celebrate him, like we would much prefer to be able to do so under happier circumstances with, you know, the Flyers being good and, you know, chasing the playoffs and, you know, getting to celebrate him amongst something like that. But unfortunately, the team has just been dreadful this year. And so, you know, it only makes sense because his contract is expiring to, you know, at least try to get some sort of return for him. So all of this celebration and honoring of him just has like this slight cloud over it. And it's absolutely destroying us as a fan base, (laughs) I have to tell you. Uh, Like everybody, we're just all like in tears all day today, I'm sure, just thinking about this. But, you know, we want to send them off right. And I have no doubt that this team and this organization will do that. It's going to be a huge night in Philadelphia for Flyers fans. And I hate to bring this up, but I do have to ask, have you heard anything floating around the Flyers rumor mill about where he might land? You know, I think the two hottest teams in that discussion right now are the Colorado Avalanche and the Florida Panthers. And Mm -hmm. I know Florida just traded for Ben Sherratt from the Canadiens and you might question whether or not they have space or the need for it but getting a depth defenseman was important to them in Mm -hmm. terms of this playoff run so I wouldn't count Florida out Um, Colorado has a big need right now especially with Gabriel Landeskog 
out injured. And I, I th- personally think he's a better fit in Colorado. I think, you know, he is a playmaker and, you know, he's 34, but I will tell you, he's still got it. He may not have the speed that he used to have, but his hockey IQ is just absolutely unparalleled and yes. his ability to create plays, create opportunities, and his hands are still absolutely filthy. I mean, his shootout moves, his you know, shot placement. There's a reason why every time he's in the all-star game, they put him in some sort of accuracy competition because he is that guy. He is absolutely that guy. And of course he was the all-star game MVP this year. And so, you know, anybody thinking that he's lost anything um, is sorely mistaken. Well, let me tell you, I secretly wouldn't mind seeing him come to Nashville, even though we haven't heard anything here about that. But boy, it would be nice to have somebody like him kind of join our team as well, where we need maybe a little bit of defensive help. But anyway, let's talk about the (laughs) Flyers-Predators game coming up tonight. So the Flyers, like you said, it's been a little bit of a rough season for them. They're 3-5-2 in their last 10 games. They're coming off an overtime loss against Montreal. So what have they been struggling with? Uh, what haven't they been <laughs> struggling with is the is the question. I think, you know, the biggest glaring problems right mm-hmm. now are special teams and the lack of ability to close out a game. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you saw that in the game against Montreal most yes. recently that, you know, they cannot hold a lead. And it's so frustrating. Um, I will say, I do know the Predators have a problem staying out of the penalty box. So maybe the law yes. averages would be in the Flyers' favor in terms of their wretched power play. But uh, that being said, you know, I do think there have been a couple of bright spots as well. Mm-hmm. I think that Oscar Lindblom has really recovered from his. Uh, cancer treatments. And I think he is getting to the point where he's almost back to where he was before having cancer. He's a great board battler. He has great vision. You'll see him make some amazing no look passes sometimes. And I think that, you know, there have been a couple other players that have thrived. Uh, Joel Farabee, of course, um, is a really excellent playmaker and I've loved him since his uh, world junior US national team days and so and Carter Hart I think has been a tremendous bright spot this season he struggled so badly last season and you know a lot of people were questioning him but I will tell you that the losses and you know the failures of the Flyers this season are not on him they, yeah. they just aren't. And so i am been very pleased with how he's played in that this year. So when you look at their records, you look at kind of how they've been playing lately, it looks obvious that Nashville, you know, in theory, should be able to walk away with the win. Now, let me tell you, we they should not that do that. Before. <laughs> let me tell you that the fly, like if there's one game in this entire yes. season that the Flyers need to win, it is this one. And it would be really swell if the Nashville Predators could, you know, just take a step back a little bit. I understand they're, you know, a competitive team, but just just give us this one. We need this one. Let me tell you about a, a game against the Seattle Kraken that we were happy to, sh- to fork over. <laughs> so it could happen. 
Um, so I'm wondering what are some of the players that Nashville Predators fans should keep their eye on tonight that may be difference makers for a team that's going into this game? Like you said, they're going into this game with a ton of emotional uh, energy as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I do know Carter Hart is in net tonight, so mm-hmm. that'll be good for the Flyers, I think. And, you know, keep an eye on Claude Giroux. He may want to make it something special. Yes. Because, um, you know, this could be his last game as a Flyer, although they're playing Ottawa, which is his hometown this weekend. So oh. he may want to play one more game yeah. as a Flyer in Ottawa as well. And, you know, I, I think Kevin Hayes is trying to make a comeback here. And Travis Konechny has been, um, while I, I don't necessarily think there's been enough points on the board for him, he's been mm-hmm. playing really smart and aggressively recently. So I would look out for, for him. But I think the whole team is sort of in a win this one for Claude mode. Yeah, and we've seen that. We had Pecorine's retirement jersey, and we faced off against the Dallas team. And I'm telling you, there is something that that energy can do in an arena. So I hope Nashville goes in there taking this seriously. What is your game prediction, Rachel? I'm such a – I'm not a predictions person Mm -hmm. (laughs) overall. Um, It's why I don't bet on sports. But I, I have to say that the Flyers will win this one. Yeah, uh, it, it would have to be close because it's, if anybody scores three or more goals on the Flyers, it's an automatic win. So <laughs> I'm going to say three to two. <laughs> OK. All right. Well, we will see how this all pans out. And of course, Nashville will be watching and, uh, you know, seeing where Claude Giroux ends up. And I hope that you all can kind of enjoy your evening celebrating him in Philadelphia. So, Rachel, where can people find your podcast and find you online? Yeah, I host Locked on Flyers with Russ Cohen, and we are on Twitter at Locked on Flyers, so it's pretty easy. And I am on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. All right. Rachel, it is always wonderful to see you and to talk to you. And this is a great game to kind of preview with you because I know you have some big feelings about it. Hope you enjoy your evening tonight. Not too much, but I do hope you have (laughs) a great evening. Thanks, Rachel. My pleasure. I want to thank Rachel Donner again for joining us to give us kind of an inside look at how everyone is feeling in Philadelphia and a little bit of a game preview for tonight's matchup. There's going to be high emotion in Philadelphia tonight. Let's hope the Nashville Predators can buckle down and get the win tonight in Philly. Coming up, it is the first day of March Madness, and we're going to do a little fun Predators Bracketology ourselves. But first, speaking of March Madness, Let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. It is that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. 
Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it is not, of course, just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs. They have live betting, and of course, they have your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Coming up tomorrow on the show, we will, of course, have a breakdown of the Flyers-Predators game with our one word to describe the game. We're also going to have a fun little birthday uh, theme to the day as well. So be sure to tune in tomorrow as we deal with the game and some birthday fun. But first, we want to talk about what also feels like another holiday, and that is the first day of March Madness. Don't know how many of you have a bracket. We do a bracket every year in our family. My bracket choices are based on things like color of uniform, fun of saying the name, um, how close they are to Pennsylvania or Tennessee. So I'm not necessarily super scientific about my bracket, but I always have a lot of fun. And quite frankly, I've done very well. Let me be, let me be clear. So we're going to do a little bit of a Preds bracket today, talking about which of two options would win out. And just talking about some potential things that could happen here with the Nashville Predators. So our first face-off is, will the Nashville Predators bring up a D-man from Milwaukee or will they trade for a veteran defenseman? Now, in a perfect world, looking for a defenseman isn't something the Predators would be doing right now. But with Mark Borowiecki and Matt Benning both out, uh, that third pairing really is something that the Predators are going to need to address, you know, I think top six wise, I think the Predators feel good about what they have. I think when Benning and Boro are in, I think the Predators feel confident about that third pairing, but that's just not something that's been able to happen consistency, consistently due to injury this season. And I think it's one of those spots that the Nashville Predators are going to have to address if they're looking to really make a deep run. I will say this, I feel like even though they didn't end up with a lot of ice time, I thought uh, Ben Hart Harper and Phil Myers did a pretty good job against a tough Pittsburgh Penguins team in the game this week. But I do think they're probably not the ultimate long-term uh, playoff run answer that the Predators were hoping that they would maybe be. There are some defensemen in Milwaukee that, you know, Nashville Predators fans have heard about, have talked about, and have wanted to see and have seen a little of, uh, including Freddie Allard, Jeremy Davies, and Matt Tennyson. Uh, so would the Nashville Predators be better off bringing up one of those guys from Milwaukee, or is it more likely that they are going to look for maybe a defenseman available on the trade market to bring in and kind of shore up that third pairing for defensemen? You know, even early in this year, the Predators have not been uh, very open to bringing up some of these young defensemen. And it feels like there are definitely some with some great potential, but Nashville does not seem inclined to bring those guys up. 
so for me, I'm thinking that the Predators are going to shop around for a defenseman. Uh, I know Nick mentioned earlier in the week some names that the Predators are looking at. I think this is something that you're going to see them do. I think that is far more likely to be what the Predators do at this point in the season than uh, bringing up some of these guys from Milwaukee. Not sure I agree with that, but I think that's what we're going to tend to see Nashville do. Our second face-off here is Yossi for Norris or Geno for Calder. Okay, full disclosure, I don't think either one of those things are going to happen, but let's talk about this. Neither one of them is likely, despite the fact that Nick and I laid out what I thought was a pretty good argument yesterday on the show for Roman Yossi to be considered for the Norris Trophy. I don't think Tanner Janot stands a chance to get the Calder, which do I think maybe is more deserving? This may be controversial, and I'd be interested to hear what you all think. I don't know that Roman Yossi has been quite as strong defensively as he was his Norris Trophy year. So that makes me lean a little bit towards Janot for Calder. Now, Tanner Janot does not play Calder Cup Trophy style hockey. Uh, the Calder Cup seems to go to the player, the rookie with the flash, the, the rookie with kind of the little panache. Uh, Tanner Janot is a bull in a china shop, but he's also very successful with the puck. And we've seen him produce offense for this team on this third line. Um, he has been key. He's earned himself some time on the penalty kill, on the power play. This is somebody who is improving consistency, consistently for this team. He's performing well for this team. If I had to pick between these two, I think it's more likely that Yossi will be in the Norris conversation, but I would pick Tanner Janot for Calder. Be curious to see what y'all think about that. All right, our next decision time. Is it going to be Matt Duchesne holding the single season goal record at the end of the season or Will it be Philip Forsberg? They are both chasing Victor Arvidsson's uh, uh, highest goal scoring for a season. It was 32. Victor Arvidsson has that record. But Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg are closing in on this very quickly. Uh, which one of them is going to end up at the end of the season with the goal scoring record? It's going to be one of them. Uh, I think both of them are going to break the record. This is a tight call for me. Uh, of course, it all hinges on Philip Forsberg staying here in Nashville, but we're just going to go with that. We're just going to sit on that one. Uh, but for me, I'm going to pick Matt Duchesne over Philip Forsberg. And that may seem a little... Um, a little odd with all of the buzz around Philip Forsberg and, you know, everything I just said at the beginning of the show about how important he is to this team. But I think here's where the difference is going to be. Matt Duchesne is playing some of the best hockey of his career. He also has 12 power play goals compared to Philip Forsberg's four goals. Even strength, I think this is a tough call. I think Matt Duchesne wins this one because I think he is going to continue to rack up some power play goals. Um, we've seen the power play struggle against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's something that the Predators need to take advantage of tonight. 
if the Predators have opportunity to be on the man advantage tonight, I would look to say Matt Duchesne is going to get some good looks. Philip Forsberg also, but I think Matt Duchesne draws a little bit less attention the way that they set up and the structure of the power play. So I'm going to go with Matt Duchesne is going to hold the uh, goal scoring record for the National Predators at the end of this season. Here's one that I think is an interesting discussion, and it's something that we've heard head coach John Hines talk about. Uh, I think if we had a nickel for every time John Hines said, let's not get too high, let's not get too low, we would pay Philip Forsberg whatever he wanted because we would be rich. Um, here's one to face off on. Do the Preds struggle more when they get too high? Will the Preds struggle more if they get too low? This is an interesting one. I think for me, the Preds will struggle more if they get too high is the side I'm going to choose. Confidence is a good thing. And I think this team is a confident team, but it has to be accompanied by hard work. And I think the Predators slump kind of post All-Star game was a mixture of um, a little bit of rest, maybe a little bit too much rest and a lot of confidence. And I think maybe when the predators get too high, they forget that the game doesn't come to them, that they have to pursue it. I think this is a team when they're down, they're good at digging in when they're confident. I think they can take their foot off the gas. Um, Matt Duchesne shared that John Hines gave this team a very stern talking to after a painful loss against the Seattle crack in the beginning of March. Um, and I think that it was a helpful reset. And I think it also shows that the tendency for this team is if they get too high, that's when they're going to struggle. So not that I want them to get down and, and, and be too low, but I think that's going to be the area the Predators need to watch as far as their mental game going forward the rest of the season. Don't get too high. Don't get too confident. You know what this team is capable of doing, but you've got to go after the game. Don't let the game come to you. And tonight we will see how the Predators do. They are coming into this game on uh, the momentum of a huge win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so they're going to be coming into this game with some confidence. Let's see how they do. Our last bracket faceoff is is it going to be Philadelphia or is it going to be Nashville that walks away with two points from tonight's game? This seems like a very easy answer, but I think, you know, after talking with Rachel, I think there's a lot of emotion that's going to go into the game for Philadelphia. And it's not that Philadelphia can't score. It's that they can't hang on when they get a lead. Um, Maybe tonight with Claude Giroux, this being his celebration with the looming trade deadline, knowing he's not going to probably be there. There's going to be a lot of emotional momentum for the Philadelphia Flyers. However, I do think the deciding factor in this game is going to come down to special teams. Nashville did not capitalize on special teams advantages against the Penguins. They were great on the kill, and I think that's important, but they just couldn't generate any points off of the power play. Now, Philadelphia and the power play, like, 
it's not good. It's really not good. I think they're at like 13% on the power or on the power play. So I feel like the Predators have a special teams advantage. And I think if they can stay disciplined, stay out of the box, I think they can maybe get some momentum. If they get an opportunity, I think we've got players who are good at drawing penalties. Matt Duchesne, Mikhail Granlin, both are really good at drawing penalties. They have some sort of special uh, voodoo, I think, that works for them. If we can get some calls to go Nashville's way, I really do feel like Nashville's going to walk out of this game, and I think that they are going to have two more points. And I think it's going to be important for them to get these points. This is not a game to overlook, as we learned in Seattle. So I'm going to go with the Nashville Predators tonight. This is who is going to come away from this game with two points and the win. On tomorrow's show, Nick will be back. We are going to break down the game that is being played tonight. We're going to give you our one word to describe the game. We're going to give you updates on what is happening and what's the word in Nashville on Philip Forsberg. And it's Friday. I'll be busy this afternoon getting some cookies ready. So we'll be baking cookies and giving those away on tomorrow's show as well. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Predators. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. You can find us online at LO underscore Predators. You can find me online at Ann K, Mama on Ice. Thanks for joining us today. Hope to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.